Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. The more you ship, the more you save. With Canada Post Solutions for Small Business, we'll reward your repeat business with automatic savings. Visit CanadaPost.ca forward slash small business to see how you can start saving up to 34% on shipping in Canada. As a small business owner, you are the business, and you know the time you're spending on payroll and HR could be spent in a hundred better ways. Ceridian PowerPay is fast, simple, and intuitive software trusted by over 40,000 Canadian small business owners like you. Automate your HR and payroll processes, keep track of compliance, and pay your people from your desktop or mobile phone. Free up time to focus on what really matters when it comes to your business, and get back to doing what you love with Ceridian PowerPay. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and changemakers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and the lives of those driving the entrepreneurial movement in Canada. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Matt Curtis, and welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. And we're thrilled to have Tanya Sermon on the show today. Tanya Sermon is one of Canada's leading social entrepreneurs. Her clients, the people, and the planet. Her superpowers, visionary ideas that inspire, models that harness collaboration, and spaces that accelerate systemic change. Highlights from her 20-year career include co-founding and leading the Center for Social Innovation, a pioneer in the co-working and social enterprise movements that have catalyzed more than 100 world-changing initiatives, world-changing initiatives, Developing the Constellation Model, a multi-stakeholder partnership framework that was used to ban toxic chemicals in baby bottles and organize 40,000-plus Ontario nonprofits into a network with policymaking clout. Creating the Community Bond, a groundbreaking social finance tool that raised $6.3 million to purchase $25 million worth in real estate to house 70-plus social entrepreneurs and launching Catapult, a micro-loan fund that galvanizes government, corporate, and nonprofit partners. Tanya is on the show today to talk to us about being a pioneer of social entrepreneurship in Canada and how businesses across the country can come together for both the people and the planet. Welcome to the show, Tanya. Hello, thank you. We're very happy to have you here today. So Tanya, first things first, what do you want entrepreneurs to take away from our conversation today? Uh, Wonderful question, Matt. You know, ultimately, I hope that entrepreneurs today that they'll have an opportunity to really reflect on what is entrepreneurship? Is it the process or the product? And what I mean by that is to say, you know, ultimately business is a tactic to get at some outcome 
in the world. And I hope that I'll be able to convince listeners that it's super important to look at how we are questioning the very nature of what the business is doing and then understanding that business really is a tool and a tactic to get at the change that we want to see in the world. Listeners, the ball is in your court. So over the last year, how have you seen things shift regarding social entrepreneurship in Canada? What's your vision for social enterprise in Canada? I would just say, wow, things are changing so dramatically. In the last 20 years, we have seen, I think, a fundamental shift. And I think it's quite generational in nature. You know, the term social entrepreneurship wasn't even a a term um, 15 to 20 years ago. It's really very much a new way of looking at how we bring the power of entrepreneurship together with the desire for social and environmental outcomes and sustainability. So I think one of the things that we've really dramatically seen is just the pure numbers of people who are choosing to create social ventures or social purpose organizations to be able to... um, that, that weren't there uh, in years past. You know, ultimately, increasingly, we're seeing between 30 and 40% of new businesses are identifying a social or an environmental outcome as their primary objective. And to me, that's exciting. And I think it's really ultimately about the shifting game. It's understanding the challenges that we're facing in the world. And I think a shift in how we achieve an impact. Uh, so, To me, my vision of of social entrepreneurship is that ultimately everybody is a part of the solution. You know, the entrepreneurship for me is not nearly as important as the social. And what I mean by that is, you know, when we look at Canada, we look at our communities and we look at the world, it's really up to us as the leaders in our communities to become, uh, be able to and willing to step forward to be able to make our world better. And we are faced with some very daunting challenges, but when everybody can see themselves as a part of that solution, it's very empowering. And business is one of, I think, three tactics that help us get at the change that we wanna see in the world. So why not be using your business for social good? I think that's what a lot more and more entrepreneurs and early startups are asking themselves. Mm. And, and that's a fantastic starting point for the conversation as well. Um, and kind of, kind of building on that point, uh, two relevant questions. What do you see Canada doing well in order to support social entrepreneurship? And where do you see some gaps that still need to be addressed? Mm-hmm. Well, recently, Canada was rated the number one place, the number one country in the world to be a social entrepreneur. So yay us. Uh, it was, I think it was Thomas Reuters who identified out of a huge question survey thing, they assessed that uh, Canada was number one. And I think that the reason that we um, were number one is because we really have identified, I, I think in our culture as Canadians, we know that caring is a core value uh, from from the way that we have governed ourselves as a nation from our very inception Uh, Looking after one another has been an important part about being a Canadian. And so I think there's a really profoundly important set of values. Um, I think that uh, we've got a we've had a leg up. I think we are we're very aware of what's going on in our communities, in our country and outside of our country. And I think a lot of that caring has translated in trying to create initiatives that will make the world better and solve problems at a, at a larger level. And I think that um, 
the enabling environment, there's been many, many, many organizations like CSI, like Startup Canada, like the regional innovation centers, like our provincial governments and our federal governments who are, over the last 10 years, really starting to shift the game and understanding uh, you know, for example, when I was a when I was a young kid, the idea of environment and economy in the same sentence was irreconcilable. You know, you never thought to yourself, geez, you know, I'm going to make business, I'm going to do business while looking after environmental sustainability. There was an organization called the National Roundtable on Environment and Economy, and it was a radical idea that you could actually bring those two thoughts into one sentence. But now business is seeing that there's an incredible opportunity, uh, whether it's solar power, renewable energy, sustainable forestry, integrated pest management, organic food, um, you know, toxic free products. These are businesses. These are business opportunities and market opportunities. And so I think um, I think what we've seen is business and government have understood that there's new verticals to be exploited in looking after our our world. And I think Canada, because of our um, our uh, you know diversity as a country, because we are outwardly looking and because we are a caring society that come from a high degree of privilege, I think that we're well positioned to be uh, promoting these ideas both within our own communities and at large. But I do think that it's just the beginning of what it's going to take to create and really put a win in the sails of those ideas. And so I think what we're faced with when it comes to strengthening the the world of social entrepreneurship is really being able to spend more time developing early pipeline ideas, smaller initiatives, organizations that are starting with really the problem and not necessarily the business solution. So I think we've got some gaps in our um, in our evolutionary path. And, you know, I think traditional businesses would say that this is also true of their sector. But what, what I see in the social entrepreneurship field is a lot of enthusiasm and excitement about the potential for social entrepreneurship, but not nearly enough actual examples of um, of established or really impactful enterprises. So lots of good ideas, but really still struggling with what are the viable business models to make this happen. And I think building on that, one of the things that's quite different about social entrepreneurship from regular entrepreneurship is really there's no guarantee that there's going to be a good financial return. And I think that this is one of the big challenges that we face in the field is saying, well, does everything need to be getting, uh, you know, a 12% or a 10% return? Uh, Or are we willing to sacrifice some of those returns because of the impact that those initiatives are having in our communities? And so one of the questions is how do we finance what is a different looking pipeline? How do we govern? How do we make decisions? How do we um, grow and find the sweet spot in these enterprises, which really may very well be differently motivated than the fundamentals of, uh, of what we know uh, business today to be. So, you know, it's, it's big, it's big stuff. And I think that we're, um, we're trying to grapple with those uh, challenges um, but I think we're, we're, we are different. We're a different beast. And I think we have to be building out enabling conditions that support those different kinds of outcomes. And I want to interject and, and kind of uh, draw back to two different things there. Uh, the first one being you're saying that there's this kind of shift in, in uh, 
shift in realization from an industry standpoint of that, you know, we there isn't necessarily a, there there is in fact a linkage between profitability and doing things in a way that uh, that benefit more than just the bottom line. And I want to know if you think that's that shift is a result of increased consumer consciousness about the way that we, you know, interact and do business and consume the products that we do. Do you think that that's an industry-led shift or do you think that that's a shift resulting from consumers uh, going no and taking a more active role in saying that these are the products that we want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's maybe a little from column A, a little from column B. I think it's social entrepreneurs that are defining a new set of values of what uh, a cool culture looks like. And so I think we are shifting the game on what success is. And I think that that's fundamental. Um, but I also think that there's a gradual shift in our society from uh, from product, from how much we own to how much we experience And I think that, um, you know, the collaborative economy stuff, you know, the introduction of, you know, car sharing or uh, Airbnb or some of these other really large um, platform plays, um, what they're doing is they're shifting what's important from what you own to what you do. And they're saying, no, you know, nowadays the millennials, and certainly I live in downtown Toronto, you know, they don't own cars. It's too expensive. They they don't even own their own homes. It's it's ridiculous. It's, they're priced out of the market. And so what they're doing is they're saying, well, what's more important to me now is actually where I've been and what I've experienced and the quality of life, the way that I engage in these different ways. And I think that that is a, a fundamental market transformation. Now, I don't think it's necessarily all good. I think that transformation from stuff to experiences creates new challenges. But I do think that people are questioning what is their load on the planet and um, what can they do to live within their planetary impact, you know, to really uh, think about those things. And so I think it's a value shift. Uh, Again, another thing that I think is um, I'd like to see more of, um, you know, but but I don't. But I don't know how widespread it is, and I think that's one of the things that we entrepreneurs have to think about more. Is like, okay, how do we make sustainability the new cool? And that builds into the second point that I wanted to raise, which was, uh, where do you think government, industry, and entrepreneurs should look for best practices on supporting social enterprises and really launching and scaling social enterprises? Great question, and I think every sector might be a little bit different. You know, we know we look to Germany for uh, their leadership in renewable energy. Bizarrely, you might look to India for their creativity around social entrepreneurship and and supporting marginalized communities. I think every uh, there's ideas bouncing around all over the place. But I will say the number one place to look for innovative solutions is actually in our own backyards, in our communities. Um, I think increasingly we're seeing how social entrepreneurship is really not about scaling big ideas and bigger, better, bigger, better thinking. It's actually the opposite. It's about figuring out what is the right size for solutions that might emerge and serve our local community. So how are we bringing new life back to towns that have seen a brain drain? How are we using the power of technology to actually help people redistribute themselves out of giant financial, you know, epicenters like Toronto, New York and San Francisco into bringing new life back into the small towns 
And I actually think Startup Canada has played a very critical role in helping to bring new energy uh, to entrepreneurship in some of these much smaller communities where there are real solutions for real people on the ground. So I, I think this is where entrepreneurs can look. And I do think that government has to also really think long and hard about what are their indicators for success? How are we building economic supports that actually keep jobs in Canada, keep the brain brilliance in Canada, and uh, and support small and medium-sized enterprises that still support you know, and employ uh, 85% of our nation. So to me, I think this is, um, it's critical that we understand that we're not looking for the unicorn. Uh, what we need to do with social entrepreneurship, if it does nothing else, I hope it helps us question the concept of scale and really question the purpose of business. That's, that's to me where I think we're going to get some of our best ideas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are great. Those are fantastic resonating points, Tonya. Um, to shift focus a little bit, uh, can we step into how the UN Sustainable Development Goals uh, fit in with your vision and with social entrepreneurship in generally? How have you implemented them in what seems effortlessly in the work that you do? <laughs> well, I think the question is, which came first, us or the Sustainable Development Goals? And I think the answer is us, uh, because we were reflecting the real needs in communities. And I think that's what the UN has very successfully done, is that they've captured the real needs at a global level of what we need to address as a, a, in our communities, but at a global scale. Uh, and so to me, one of the things that's very exciting about the UN SDGs is that we're actually talking about them, right? That's, that's the breakthrough. Uh, I, I couldn't rhyme off the top of my head all 17 of them, but I can tell you right now, they are a reflection of the values that we hold as Canadians around gender equality, around eliminating plastics from our oceans, around ensuring that we've got renewable energy sources, that we're creating economic prosperity for our citizens, that we are building inclusive communities. These are these are in some ways motherhood goals. They are at the core of who we are as humans and they reflect what we need to be a strong and uh, loving society. And so for us, the SDGs are very much a reflection of the work that our members have been, been doing for, you know, a decade and a half. And um, it's exciting to see how these goals, which are so core to what, what we do every day at the Center for Social Innovation, are now being embedded into corporations and business practices. And what it's doing is so exciting is it's giving us opportunities to build new kinds of partnerships with corporate corporations that we wouldn't have otherwise seen as being important. Mm -hmm. and so it's creating really neat links or, or hooks to allow us to figure out new ways of collaborating. And so I think they're just, um, it's just exciting. Uh, and this is again, this process or product you know, will we achieve all of the sustainable development goals in, in those 13 years? I don't know. But boy, are we ever going to have a really creative and interesting time trying to get at these things and open up new opportunities for us to work together. I think that's exciting. Mm -hmm. And in really on the note of opening up these new kinds of opportunities and, uh, and at applying those kinds of goals on a micro and macro scale, what do you think is your best advice for people who want to start as social entrepreneurs? Where should they start? What's their first consideration? How do they sustain themselves when they're putting so much into a cause they believe in? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first step is to figure out what is their cause. Uh, that that very that very question can be the uh, the thing which actually drives social entrepreneurship. As I once uh, gave a talk called "Tap into the Rage." You know, what do you feel? Uh, furious about what drives you. You've got to find something that really, really that you feel very passionate about because this is not easy work. And so if you really want to walk down this path, you need to tap into those things that will keep you really motivated and interested. So, you know, that's the first thing. If you have an existing business, you know, one of the first questions is what are the impacts that you're currently having on the world? You know, is the nature of your business ultimately bringing uh, sustainability and inclusion into the world? Or is it actually exploiting a people or planet in some way? So I think you really have to look at your core mission. You know, one of the things that's often challenging around certifications and so on is they might ask you questions like, you know, do you govern yourself well? Do you treat your employees well? Do you know, do you do the, all these really good business practices well? But they haven't asked the fundamental question is, what is the core impact that you're having in the world? So that's that's a big one. And that is a, a long journey towards really taking responsibility for the impact that your company might have. Are you using plastic to manufacture a product that nobody actually needs? Well, that's an interesting question. What do you do? So there's just lots of things that way. But I think let's just say you're working from a straight, I'm just early stage, I want to change the world, I want to eliminate diabetes in Canada. Uh, you know, the pathway forward is never easy. I think some of the big questions that organizations will have to look at or people have to look at is how do I want to incorporate? Do I want to be a for-profit or a non-profit social enterprise? You know, what are the implications of each of those decisions? Is it really a scalable business or is it a community solution? Are there ways of governing this that would make a lot of sense? Who are my partners? Who do I need to be working with? Um, And I'd say really truly, I think there's a lot more opportunity in working with existing infrastructures than what we entrepreneurs have really created space for. So, you know, do we... Uh, do we need to start something from scratch all by ourselves? Or is there a way of bringing our creativity into existing institutions that might be able to really benefit from our entrepreneurial energy? I feel like that's a key component uh, in in so many things in startup community, and particularly when you look at the states as well, because uh, it seems that there is much more of a mind for integrating this kind of innovation that comes out of entrepreneurship um, that's just adapted and adopted more on a and on a more ecosystem and general level uh, in the United States than in comparison to here, where it's it's as if you're picking up, you know, the best tools around in your toolbox in order to make what you already have work as best and optimally as it can. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, I think specialization is absolutely key. But I also think putting our own egos in check is also key. Now, here's the thing. With social entrepreneurship, you know, we may not be as motivated by money, but we do tend to be more motivated by our own passion and our own sense that what we've got to offer is the only way. And I think that's a real challenge that we have to face as social entrepreneurs is being able to look honestly at where we can bring genuine value and might there be ways that we could collaborate specialize or integrate into institutional systems or other collaborations that would allow us to really unlock our own potential in collaboration with others i think it's um 
you know, I, I often tease that social entrepreneurship's currency is ego and regular entrepreneurship's uh, currency is money. And this is something that I think we, um, it's sort of the dark side of entrepreneurship. And I think it's something we need to be really conscious of. Mm. Those are great insights and great, um, I, I guess, kind of great, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, great kind of almost warning signs or, or bells to use us uh, to use to keep entrepreneurs uh, in check and uh, and use those as, as good checking mechanisms to, you know, really kind of align yourself with, am I staying true to the principles that I believe in or am I staying true to, you know, whoever's sitting on my shoulder? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when it comes back down to it, it's about impact, right? What is the impact that we um, want to have in the world and how are we strategically aligning our um, our work to really truly be getting at the impact, not get distracted by the so many things that can pull us in different directions. And on the note of aligning, I, I really do want to ask too, uh, now, Startup Canada itself is a social enterprise, although we're a nonprofit. So what advice would you have for us? 40% of our members identify as social entrepreneurs. Would you see an opportunity for Startup Canada and the Center for Social Innovation to work together? Absolutely. And in fact, we have been. I think CSI was the host of the first Toronto Startup Canada event uh, many years ago. And I am so proud to see how many social entrepreneurs are being recognized and honored through the Startup Canada network. And what it says to me with that 40% number is Canada is a a country that wants to care. They care and we want to look after each other and we want to make the world better. And Startup Canada is able to connect those entrepreneurs to one another. And I think CSI is absolutely dedicated to being able to help support those social entrepreneurships to get to get their products, their ideas, their services to the next step. Uh, to me, the collaboration is well working and uh, I can't wait to see what we are going to be able to achieve together in the next 10 years. That's fantastic. And we're very happy to hear that. Uh, on the note of, of connection and collaboration again, if an entrepreneur wants to come to the Center for Social Innovation, how do they connect with you? What's the best way for a newcomer social entrepreneur or just a new social entrepreneur to get on your radar? Absolutely. So the Center for Social Innovation has three locations in Toronto. You can go to our website, socialinnovation.org, and learn all about it. We also have a number of acceleration programs. So we've got a a very advanced climate solutions accelerator. So if you're doing climate change work, we're very interested. We're branching out into circular economy stuff in that work and doing a lot of work around water. So water, climate, and circularism are all part of a core part of the acceleration program. We're also uh, just about to announce uh, a women's social enterprise program. Uh, It's a little known fact, but 59, that's right, 59%, 59% of our founders at CSI are women. Uh, And so, you know, one of the things that we are doing is we're supporting women's social entrepreneurship in particular. Uh, So, you know, we also have some very core work around what we call community wealth. How are we supporting neighborhoods, communities to be thinking differently about the way that they own and uh, and then unlock the potential in those local communities? So we've got lots of acceleration programs. We've also got generic ones. If people would like to be a part of them, we would love to hear from you. Uh, check out our website, socialinnovation.ca. Come in for a tour. Meet one of our fantastic uh, team who would absolutely be interested in helping support what you guys are doing. Fantastic. That's incredible. 
And Tanya, as we wrap up our conversation today, uh, looking back at, at everything we just talked about, what do you think the most tangible takeaway for entrepreneurs, for people who want to be social entrepreneurs, what do you think the most actionable item in our conversation is for them to take and implement in their business today? I hope that um, listeners will really seriously consider what is the impact that their business is having on the world and how can they make it a little bit more people and planet friendly. So my invitation, whether you're an existing building a business owner or an emerging one, is to think long and hard about the things that matter most to you and to look concretely at how you can integrate your values and your business together. Tanya, it's been a pleasure having you on the conversation today. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. And I cannot thank you enough for sharing your expertise, your experience, your wisdom. And again, just to, I'm just as, as excited as you are to see how Startup Canada and CSI can come together and to see all the incredible and wonderful things that can come out of Canada in what is, as you said, the best place in the world to start a social entrepreneurship business. Absolutely wonderful. Such a pleasure, Matt, and all the best. And I wish everybody across Canada uh, just the very, very best in supporting and building their businesses. I think we're doing great work. Let's keep changing the world. Fantastic, Tanya. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Until next week, I'm your host, Matt Curtis. Go check out the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. 